Welcome to the Brainwave Podcast, presented by Windward Group Publishing and Media. I'm Gail Holnick, former radio show host turned novelist and travel book writer, and this is a show about creativity. Each week you'll hear interviews with people from many different creative fields, artists, designers, writers, filmmakers, chefs, architects, choreographers, composers. I'm interested in that charmed moment that leads to a work of art. Where did the idea come from? What did you do next? And what advice would you give others trying to unlock their own creative potential? Thanks for spending some time with me today. Please take a second to tap on the subscribe button on the app. And if you want the episode show notes, please go to windwardgroup.com. That's word with an O. Let's get started. Welcome to Episode 8 of the Brainwave Podcast. Today my guest is Patrick Paddy Moore, the author of a new book that he wrote while getting himself through the first 40 days of the COVID-19 pandemic. It's called Quarantinis, eh? And the navigation tool was the bar cart. One tasty, colorful cocktail for each day. Prior to becoming an author, Patty was a Canadian television producer and executive producer. Many people reacted to the lockdowns brought on by the coronavirus with the new surge of creativity. And I'm interested in finding out more about the different kinds of kindling that can help start the creative fire. So I went looking for a project that was linked to COVID-19. Patty is a person who went to his kitchen and liquor cabinet and came up with a drink a day. But then he went farther to his computer and his camera. And the result is Quarantinis A. Hey, how are you? Good, Gail. How are you? Good, good. I wanted to start off by talking with you and getting a little, giving our listeners a little bit of a sense of your background. And I could write one and, and say what I would say and how I would highlight it. But I'd, I'd like to hear you describe um, your creative path through the years. Well, through the years, it's interesting. Um, when I was a, a kid, uh, at about age 10, we didn't have uh, television. We had radio where I lived in the back hills of, uh, of British Columbia. But television was something that I'd seen pictures of, and I guess I'd seen them in shop windows. So I, um, I cut a hole in a big cardboard crate and used a flashlight to shine on, on a, uh, a book, a photo book that I had and narrated the story to my family. And uh, that was my first television experience. And I, I never thought too much about my fascination for it, but I do think it began at that age of communication. So in my teen years, I was the editor of the school newspaper and I hung around the radio, local radio station a lot. Um, the same persisted through university even though I was seduced by the theater and went through a theater program, I was still very interested in literature and writing and in the process of communication. So um, when, um, when I was entering my career, it coincided with the expansion here in British Columbia, Vancouver, British Columbia, of the CBC, our, our national network. And I was fortunate enough to be chosen as a new hire and uh, taught the ropes right from the, the ground floor up in the television business. And um, I was um, able to 
learn some of the skills and techniques of broadcast and uh, eventually ended up directing and producing my own television programs and series. So it's been a, it's been a great privilege and surrounded by creativity. Um, my own is just like one little drop in a great big bucket of creativity mm-hmm. that um, existed and maybe still it does, I don't know, in the broadcast centers. Well, you were a leader of teams of creative people all bringing their own suit of clothes or however we want to put it, but bringing their own um, creativity to the fore. And that actually is a format would make an interesting program at some point in the future. But that that actually is a form of creativity all its own, the, the, the ability to create uh, something with a team and to, to, to create something that is more than the sum of its parts, if you like. Yeah, it is. It's all... Uh, all, all of my creativity has been in a sort of a collage. And, and I, I somewhat decry the contemporary uh, financial situation, I guess, that, that has um, television reporters shooting their own stuff, cutting their own stuff, researching their own stuff. Like it's all a solo um, event and editing their own. And um, I know they're very clever people and the tools and technology make that possible. But what I loved was being a part of a team and having people bring ideas, bring their creative interpretation um, into the, the production, whenever it was, at whatever stage it was. Um, and uh, yeah, it's been a great privilege to be part of that. Um, I think of it like a, a bit like an orchestra and you've got soloists and, People play different instruments, um, and uh, together we make music. That's a wonderful metaphor for it. Yeah, very definitely. Now, this book, your your most <laughs> recent project, um, yeah. I don't imagine there was a cast of thousands involved in this. As this was was something that um, because we were all, I mean, you couldn't have a cast of thousands anywhere near your house. Uh, Fifteen months ago, we were all indoors with COVID and isolating and quarantining and so on. And from that has come this book, Quarantinis A Cocktails from the Pandemic. And I'd love to hear the story of why you decided to squeeze the lemon and, and make lemonade from this. <laughs> well, that's good. And it is, that's a good metaphor is squeezing the lemon because I learned how to squeeze lemons. I learned uh, some uh, lemon cutting techniques and squeezing <laughs> and, and uh, that fresh juice is much better than anything you can get in any kind of container. Um, you know, it, uh, it started as an accident, really. Um, we had uh, a few days of, of sort of shocking news. We'd, we'd kind of heard that there was some virus somewhere over in China, and, and, and then all of a sudden, boom, it kind of blew up in early March. And on March the 13th, Friday, the March the 13th, of course it has to be the 13th, um, we got uh, a news that we were shutting down in Canada. We got, I lost my job. I had a little job as a, in the, a travel store, and the store was closed within a week. Um, and um, we um, were looking at each other. I had a, a fairly big St. Patrick's Day party planned with our, my media friends and that. And I said, gee, I, I guess we're going to have to cancel that party. I looked like so naive, right? We were so naive in those early days. Mm. But um, I thought, well, 
if I have to cancel the party, at least I'll make myself a drink. And I made myself a martini, and I thought I'd take a picture of it and put it on Facebook. And I thought it would be clever to call it a quarantini. I didn't realize it's it, very it, was clever. Already, it was already a thing, like it already had its own hashtag, right? But, um, but people responded well and said, oh, that's nice. That's a nice picture. And I then got into looking at what a quarantini was. Um, and the quarantine of course, comes from the period of 40 days when ships, I guess in Venice and other Italian cities around the 14th century, were required to sit offshore at anchor for 40 days to avoid the spread of disease. And it comes the Italian word is quaranta giorni, which is 40 days. So, so I set out to make a book of 40 days, 40 cocktails, and it's uh, what he drinks that you can make at home and drink alone. And, <laughs> and uh, I started posting them on, on uh, social media. And that's when it really started to go. My, uh, my favorite, I want to talk about a few of them here, actually, but I really got a kick out of and laughed out loud, actually, at the, at the Zoom, that there actually yeah. is a drink called the Cognac Zoom, because now, 15 months later, we're all so Zoomed. I have no idea what that was on March 14th, uh, but I certainly do know now. Yeah, and I didn't either. And so that was sort of down the road a bit. I'm, I'm now sort of thinking, gosh, what's... What's happening to us here? What what are the events that are coming into our lives? Um, I think part of the creativity, if you want, is that is that um, I couldn't do what I usually do. I wasn't distracted by you know commuting or traveling or mixing with friends or that sort of thing. So you start to um, appreciate different events, and one of them was that we were all learning how to zoom. So I looked in various research and found the zoom, which is actually a drink uh, from the atomic age of the 1950s. Oh. There's a whole bunch of drinks that are non-rocket this and Zoom that and, and the B-52s and the bomb and the, the you know, um, but it was quite a style in Las Vegas, the atomic cocktails. And now we've got an entirely new uh, way of communicating. That is, um, well, we're here today uh, mm-hmm. as a result of learning how to Zoom. It is interesting what you say about the the one of the byproducts, if you like, of the pandemic being that we're we're isolated and the impact that that had on creativity. And I was just watching an interview the other day, actually a, a dinner party kind of interview, and Shania Twain was one of the guests at this dinner party. It was this intimate dinner party with candlelight and cameras all around, and uh, she was talking about uh, what it takes for her to write. And she was saying that her particular experience is that she has to isolate herself. And they weren't talking COVID or anything, but just she, she needs to be all alone and completely restrict herself from any kind of impact, uh, input. No music, no certainly no television, no radio, no people, just absolutely nothing but herself in a room. And then she said, I would get so bored and I would just like something would have to come out just because of the, the sensory deprivation, if you like. And that is a similar sort of thing in, in a, you know, I picture one small room with Shania sitting in it, but the bigger context of the months of COVID, that is really what we were doing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, that's very true. Her, her creative process, of course, would be quite different and significantly deeper than that of 
a television background because generally I'm, I've spent my career in the company of other people creating things. So there's lots of distractions. There are events, often there are events that we're following. So the event itself has its own dynamic. Um, I think for me, what was different and maybe what took me from video to more photographs, still photographs and, and writing stories was the isolation. Um, and uh, I started to have, I had one, the time, the expansion of time when you're isolated. Um, time takes on a whole new dimension. But I could, you know, dig a little deeper or look a little further at some of the images that I could see on my daily walks. We're very fortunate that we could walk every day outside. So that uh, was also meditative, I guess, and, and mm. helped the creative process a lot. I think that's, a, that's always been a thing is that meditation of a walk. The photographs are fabulous in this. I just, it make, makes me thirsty every minute as I flip through it. Uh, did you do the photos? I did all the photos and I've too, I did photos that, um, you know, it was, uh, it was interesting. I, uh, I started just taking some photographs, just sort of, okay, snap. That. And then gradually as you do them and you get a positive response, well, then you want to make it a little bit better. Right, and I thought, well, I'm just doing this for a few weeks, and it's kind of uh, amused me. Um, but as I got into it, I thought, well, I now have expectations that these are going to be look like something, look appealing. And so I learned about photographing them, and I think that that's part of the the creative process is examining what you're doing and then trying to improve that. So improve it in terms of content improve it in terms of, of um, style, presentation, in terms of story, as you know and I know about telling a story with a photograph. Um, but I shot them all on my back. I have a little deck off my condo, and most of them are taken sitting on the, uh, on the, the ledge of the deck. And um, I became more aware of angles and light and um, how I could – uh, stage the photographs. I, my video friends, you know, I, I used to say, well, I can manage taking a photograph of a drink because it holds still, right? But, but it's, but it's, but the subject itself is challenging. Everyone is similar, but they're different sizes, shapes, colors, textures. And so as you repeat that process, you start to learn how to cope with those things. And I can say that the photographs that I took you know, after 50 days or so were better than the ones that I started. with. And then also because of my background, you know, the deadlines of, of, of television production, uh, having a, an expectation that I would post them on social media was good for me because I um, would then take the time, make sure I'd got the time and took the time to write the story. And the stories got better too, because you start to want to, meet expectations mm -hmm. and i mean I, I i would find it so interesting and 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 i've found it in my own um experiences after working with teams and that for a lot of years to mm -hmm. be i'm on a novel i'm all by myself mm -hmm. or i'm on a you know whatever project it is all by myself and i guess you're doing the same thing as well mm -hmm. did you have hmm, how will i how will i express this 
I found it easier working in a team because all of the other people and their energy and their enthusiasm and their interest or just their, they showed up. And so here they are. So let's get on with it. Carried me through a lot of days when I perhaps if I were working solo, wouldn't be able to motivate myself to keep going. And that's something I think that that, that the person who works on their own on a book like this um, finds. Did you find that there was a difference in terms of self-motivation working on a, this book compared to in your days of producing the, the Beachcombers or Alive or whatever it was? Mm-hmm. Yeah, very definitely. And I absolutely concur with what you're saying when you're in the team and you're, you're meeting it seven o'clock in the morning to eight o'clock to outline what you're going to do on the day. And, and then people are going to get on and, and you're relying on each other to, to, to share the work. It's, it's much more of a work task. And when you're on your own, it's easy to be distracted by, you know, even in isolation, there are, there are thousands <laughs> of things to distract. Sure. I really should finish that book. You know, the chapter of the book I was reading last night, or, Maybe I'll check the sports scores. Oh, there aren't any sports scores. Oh, yeah. Okay. Well, I should, I should check, you know, the Facebook feed. or the. I mean, it's it's wonderful to have all of this social media connection, but it's also just amazing how the, the rabbit holes that you can uh-huh. go down. Um, but in a way, um, I was, by working on my own, I think I got deeper in my research. Um, so I went down some rabbit holes, but I learned a lot about some of these drinks and some of the, the, and this is a totally new field to me. I'm not a a bartender, you know, I'm an amateur mixologist. So to learn about how some drinks were created or what they meant um, was, was interesting um, and contributed to the creativity uh, in a different, in a way that's different than working Mm. with a group um, where you just, you know, get on. Mm-hmm. One thing that I've had a number of people that I've chatted with about this subject and so on as we get, and I'm trying very much to focus on the idea of ideas mm-hmm. uh, and, and the things that get people going and that there are many people who, who struggle with very real writer's block or mm-hmm. production block or project block, whatever we might call it, but they get, they get started, you know, and they're just like, it's genius. I'm going to do this. This is a wonderful idea. And then somehow it falls off a cliff. They, they don't, finish they don't well certainly not don't even get close to finishing they don't proceed do you have techniques that you use or ways that you keep yourself going on something i do um generally it's a a deadline and a and a (laughs) and a commitment to someone that i will deliver this piece of whatever it is research photograph interview um and distraction is the great enemy for my creative process um but i um um, obstacles in in television production the obstacles were generally that we'd come up against uh, some failure in our planning either our timing was wrong or we hadn't organized the financing correctly or some of the key people wouldn't be available or we were talking to the wrong people in terms of greenlighting a project and that sort of thing. So a lot of those just, you know, that's the way it is. And, and I, I don't really, um, I don't really regret those or, or, you know, mourn them. I think it's part of the natural process. You can start plant a hundred seeds and, and one of them really will take root and 
and can be very abundant when that when that flourishes. So um, I used to, you know, have a long, long list of, of projects that I wanted to do in television, and some of them I'd get to, and, and some of them, frankly, I wouldn't. And don't worry about that too much. You um, didn't mourn any no. particular ones, or no, no. And interesting with this project because I first I. I First, it just starts as, a, as an organic kind of thing. And then I had a vision, oh, I'm going to do 101. Um, I don't know why 101 came to my mind. But as I'm working on the first 40 and realizing that that's the quarantine and that's enough in 40 days, one day after another, well, you know, fills a, fills a little book. Um, so then polishing that to a level where it would be presentable, um, took a lot of time and a lot of just working, just writing and rewriting. Is that photograph good enough? Selection, the selection process, the editing process, if you will. Um, and there's a lot of creativity and creative energy that goes into any editing process, mm-hmm. as you know. Um, doing this. Um, but um, I, I realized as I was into it that I was... Um, I was afraid of committing it to print. Oh, I put it off. I put the idea off. I said, "Oh well, I've got it on on social media. I don't need to do that. I don't. I don't. Uh, I don't have to do that. It's certainly not going to make me anybody. Um, but uh, but I was encouraged by a couple of people who had done their own book and gotten it through the process and out the other side and said, you know, it'd be really good if you do. And it really was. So I I published actually quite late after diddling with it for months. Um, and um, it had good support and good team in, in putting it out there. And then was really rewarded by the response that it had. People liked it. It sold better than I ever thought it would. I mean, I focused it quite locally. So it's... Um, it's Quarantini's A, which is a Canadian kind of expression. Um, but um, I was very rewarded by the publication process. But I was also, when I released it, at a point where I don't think we want to hear much more about quarantine. <laughs> I think we're turning that page. So the other 60 drinks that I've got, and half of them are finished and some of them are still in the process, um, I may be able to repurpose them or do something else with them, but if not, it's not. You know, that's kind of the the, the weeds that are around the garden and the, the book is the is the yeah. fruit. And you make decisions as you go according to your uh, your feeling about what you want. That's one of the nice things about not being on deadline or working in a in a large mm-hmm. corporation is that you can mm-hmm. make those choices yourself. Mm-hmm. But it is titled Phase One the Lockdown. So I'm mm-hmm. curious, is there going to be a phase two? Well, I did the manuscript of phase two, which is the next 40 days, and they're very interesting, and they're very interesting days. I I don't know, that, though, that there is an appetite for phase two now. Um, so maybe not. Maybe that's just, this is what it is for the way it is, and, um, and I'll take those drinks into something different. Uh-huh. 
Well, I think it's, it's the whole process or the whole time period has been very interesting because, as you say, March 13th, 2020, we had mm-hmm. no idea. And it was like, can we do this for a week or two? Mm-hmm. Uh, and then it went on and on and on. And maybe in a way we're now, having gone through all that experience, we want to put it in way back in the rearview mirror really fast and like speed out of town and get out of that town, mm-hmm. but give it another six months or so. It may be that people want to look back and think, do you remember, you know, October of 2020 and how it was or Christmas of 2020? I mean, that was incredibly noteworthy of, in terms of how many people had to be apart in a way. Yes. Yes. Yeah. And it's interesting because as I was outlining and developing the second phase, I started to deal more with not the daily events. The first phase, the daily events, we were all, someone said we were, we were all, the world you know, came apart together, you know, um, because we were all focused on more or less the same events of each and every day because mm-hmm. they were all so new. As we move past the first 40 days, we, some we start. I started to consider some of the themes that were emerging as a result of the pandemic. And some of those topics are very interesting, like how we are, we've redeveloped our cities. Our concept of the physical space in which we live has been altered, I believe, forever. With We have bike lanes and we have walking paths. We have, we mm-hmm. have uh, courtyards uh, for outside dining and that sort of thing that, that could never have been passed in years and all got done like boom. Oh yes. Now we had it. We have streets shut down. We have different commuter routes and that. So we've changed physically. I think we've changed financially, uh, radically. Um, we've woken up our conscience in many different ways. Um, and we've really shifted our, our, our appreciation of time. I think one of the big things for people wanting to, to work from home is those those one or two or four hours a day that are the most precious thing we have is the minutes of our day. So I think those themes, yeah, may they may be um, worth re- revisiting um, in a few months. And I haven't thrown them out, but uh, but for now, I'm also looking for the next thing. I did enjoy the process of doing the book i i really did um i would recommend it to anyone um i think uh, to, to to actually deliver it out is is a great a great experience mm-hmm. and so what are you thinking at this point about the next thing then do you have something in mind well i'm a great uh, i love travel it's one of my great passions um often my creativity has been sparked uh, either personally or professionally by travel, by seeing a new site, by seeing um, with new eyes um, and meeting different people. So I've been noodling with the idea of can I combine those two facts? Like, you know, but do we really need another book about cocktails around the world? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> well, now the well, ones that you drank and the ones that you selected and the cafe yeah. that you were sitting in will be unique. So, yes, that's, we do. Yes, we yes, do. that's true. And, and that is the truth of, of the creative experience, I think, too, isn't it? It is what happens uniquely to you. Um, and um, that's uh, that's. Encouraging, thank you. <laughs> but I'm, I'm staying open to, uh, to to 
all, all sorts of possibilities. Um, I think that um, travel is good. Seeing things with new eyes is good. And sometimes um, just a spark, a moment with someone where you just spark can lead to a whole series of ideas um, that um, I think in terms of a television program or a book or anything like that, if you want it to be successful, if you want to create an endeavor to be successful, it needs to somehow hook or attach to the audience. And so I think quarantining did that. Um, and that, I've always looked for that. What are people in television, what are people thinking about or talking about or feeling that they want to have more deep experience of? Patty, thank you very much for speaking with me about it today. You get it's been lovely, and I, I want to congratulate you on doing this podcast. I think uh, both the concept of doing a podcast, uh, especially with your background in radio, your knowledge and experience, uh, bringing it to a new form, because podcasts like are like this whole new new thing. Like when we first had radio or we first had talking pictures, I think podcasts are very exciting. And I think that also your topic of, of brainwaves, of the creative process, is really timely. And, um, and I, I think it's going to be wonderful. I wish you all the best with it. Patty Moore is the author of Quarantinese. And just to spell that out to make it as clear as possible, it's Q-U-A-R-A-N-T-I-N-I-S-E-H. And it's available at quarantinese.ca. And his comments about eliminating distractions as a key to creativity resonated with me. I'm working on a new novel, but I'm having a really difficult time getting down to it because of the distraction of this new podcast. On the other hand, the podcast itself is a creative project, so maybe the novel is the distraction. I'm not sure, but I do know that the novel isn't getting done, and the podcast is. I have tons of interviews lined up. The next one is with Rob Kessler. He's an inventor, and his latest project is The Million Dollar Caller. This time I'd like to leave you with a quotation from John Cleese. If you want creative workers, you have to give them enough time to play. Thanks for listening today. I hope you enjoyed the podcast and found it helpful. If you did, please mention it to a few friends or pass it along on social media and tag us if you do. And please tap the subscribe button on your podcast app and take a minute to leave a ranking or review. You might also like the backlist available at Windward Group Publishing and Media. And that's www.windwardgroup.com slash brainwavepodcast. And Windward is spelled W-I-N-D-W-O-R-D. You'll also find the show notes for today's episode there too. If you'd like to connect, you can find us on Facebook at Windward Group Publishing and Media, on Twitter at Windward Publish, and on Instagram at Windward PNM. I'm Gail Holnick. Please join us next time.